Red Channel Condition with Michael. Being healthy is, is a luxury. Jonathan. The McDouble is said to be like the cheapest source of protein and calories that exist in America. And Peter. I'll hold you to that, motherfucker. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. I'm your host, Peter, and we're broadcasting to you from the far reaches of time and space, and I'm once again joined by my co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. Guys, how are you? Doing good. Uh, another week, you know, making our way towards springtime and sunshine. You know, I'm here for it. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, um, it look, looks like I was right. Uh, the weather is uh, not too bad. I remember you were you, you were on me about it, about commenting on the weather. That is true, yes. It's snowing where I am right now. You know that, right? You don't live anywhere near, like, actual New York. You're, like, up in Alaska, <laughs> all right? Like, it's supposed to snow up there. Like, <sighs> see, like, other people are freaking out because, like, oh, the city hasn't seen snow this year. I don't freak out about that. I would freak out if you, where you lived, it was like that. Well, it was kind of fucked up this year because we didn't get much. You know, I was, I'm getting kind of concerned, you know, more so than I normally am about the environment because we really didn't get much snow this year. Really? Okay. I, I, I imagined like you were buried up to your neck in it. No, no, we got almost nothing. In fact, I don't think I've had to plow my driveway once this entire wow. year. Wow. That explains that driveway when I came up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be more concerned about this if it's like that for, you know, a couple of winters in a row, right? Like maybe it's not an outlier, but it's a trend at that point. Like, I'll talk to you fucked. next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying we're not fucked. I'm saying that, you know, you know I, I want to see more than this. Just know, in John doesn't way. believe in climate change. Wow. All right. Wow. You're <laughs> fucked, dude. Cancel the Can't show. You're it. a horrible person. Cancel the show. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're out here in the depths of time and space talking to our audience, giving a broadcast signal, you know, as far as as far as it'll take us to anyone who will listen. But we had a we had one of our listeners reach out to us this week to ask our opinions on an article that they linked from The Guardian. And basically, the summary of the article is that we've you know, you guys know about the new James Webb Space Telescope that we are using to get even more high-resolution images from the outer reaches of as far as we can see back in time and back into the universe. So apparently astronomers had used the James Webb to peer back, it looks like, 13 and a half billion years to try to get a glimpse at some of the earliest forming structures, galaxies, stars, um, from that point in time in the universe when it was only about 700 million years old. And they were surprised by what they found. What they found was relatively large, mature galaxies that have been around since pretty much the beginning, like, I guess on a cosmological scale, like the beginning of the universe, you know, from a time when it was less than a billion, uh, you know, one, you know, one billion years old. So that was a big surprise for astronomers to find mature galaxies that existed 13 and a half billion years ago. What did you guys make of this? It's it's always interesting when new discoveries can shake things up. As far as the you know practicality in the day to days, it probably doesn't mean much, but it's you know it's always good to know where where everything came from. I just don't know shit about space, so like things like that are always like you know 
I don't know. Like the if 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 what if what this discovery found is true, right? Like the universe is even older and larger than we even understand, right? Like the concept of the Big Bang is just you know, false, right? So that's a that's a pretty awe inspiring thing to think. You know, oh shit! Like there's a lot more out there than we can we can even understand. You know, it just makes me wish that there is a way to be able to explore stuff like that because you know, that's like the human condition, right? Like we always want to know, we always want to know more, right? So like, how how would we be able to find out more? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, I found this pretty interesting because like I I I do love to to keep up with like astronomy and you know all that kind of that branch of science. You know, in my spare time, I'm not going to say I'm an expert or anything, but I, it is something I really am passionate about. And I, I guess from, you know, what the article went to, to say is that the scientists were expecting to see much either smaller galaxies or, you know, uh, different formations altogether, given the the un, the traditionally understood age of the universe at that time. So this either changes the timeline of how old the universe is or it changes our understanding of how galaxies form back then. You know, I guess we'd have to, you know, due to the like inflation theory about how the universe has expanded, it's, you know, since its creation, you know, the universe was much smaller, you know, back 13 and a half billion years ago. But, you know, the, I guess all this matter, all the stuff that was in the universe, you know, it was still around. So maybe things clumped together in bigger portions back then. I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's pretty interesting, though. And yeah, like John said, I, I, I want to know how we discover more, you know, but hopefully, you know, with the, with, with devices and instruments like the James Webb, maybe we'll get a, we'll get a chance to at least, you know, get some more clues. So that's pretty cool. Thank you for the email listener. Shout out to the collective out there reaching out. I, I just want to see how much of our science fiction turns out to be true. I mean, a lot of it has, I feel like. Are we seeing so far away that we're actually looking into the future? I don't. I don't know. I'm so curious. <laughs> you know. Oh uh, yes. No. I, I. I do want to. I, I do want to find out how much of our playground science is uh, can be measured. Can we just figure out where the fuck the flying cars are? Like, if we're if science fiction is science fact, like, come on. We're not ready for no, that. No. No. You know we're not hey, ready. Have for Have you that. seen the way people drive now? Uh, drive now. <laughs> no. No. Imagine drunk, drunk flying car driving. I, oh, God. Jesus Christ. Well, that's, it's very educational and it's very fun to think about. But staying on the topic of education, I had linked an article to you guys uh, from Vice News uh, this week, basically explaining that uh, teachers are quitting in mass droves and are, are, being, are being pretty public about it, going as far as to post a lot of their stories on TikTok. And a lot of them have the same issues with the... Uh, with the industry in general, you know, the long hours, the lack of funds, the lack of good pay, you know, the lack of resources to really, you know, put together a meaningful lesson plan for kids and just the overall exhaustion of having to put in, 
you know, not only an eight hour day or a nine hour day at school, but then also having to go home and form a lesson plan for the next day. It's just a lot of work for not a lot of pay and not a lot of reward. Um, what did you guys make of this? What do you think? Uh, their, re- their reward is uh, being body slammed by, by kids and in some cases being shot by kids. <laughs> I slapped them, take it and like it. That's... <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Teaching has just been, you know, under siege for, I mean, really a long time now, but like probably more so than ever, like everything else in the pandemic, right? You know, just the, you know, even just what's required of a teacher, you know, physically, you know, is just probably outside of the scope of what anyone ever imagined, right? Like school and teachers are providing so many different services for for students and frankly parents even that you know, were never anticipated and probably aren't the purpose of school right like a school is you know a shelter for kids you know it's bo- it's a place of learning for kids it's a place where lots of kids who you know, don't have a lot of money are getting their meals you know it's a place where kids are getting you know, like teachers are being like they're serving as guidance counselors and psychologists and you know guardians and you know, like all kinds of shit. Like it's it's so it's so much these days. So like I I right. Don't forget bodyguards. Yeah, you know, bo- bodyguards, <laughs> armed security, right? Right. You know, you know, all 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 the usual. You know, like I can't believe this is happening. Type of bad stuff. So it's just you know I if if teachers are quitting, I get it. Like I know why. You know, my family. You know, my mother was a school teacher for years you know, in, in the public school system, you know, here. So I know all of these, these problems too well. Yeah. And kind of listening to some of their stories and hearing how, you know, in a way, like they, they go into like the, the guilt factor, which is like, how can you leave your kids and you're abandoning these kids and whatever. But then hearing them say how relieved they are afterwards when they find less demanding jobs, um, you know, good for them. But I also feel like, you know, education has been pretty shitty in this country for, well, for a long time. There's been some really, really big problems. And I just feel like the, the people who are going to suffer, obviously, you know, as cliche as it sounds, is, is the kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, uh, you know, as, as we seem to encounter, you know, every time we're recording something, you know, that's the, that seems to be the way of the world. Everything is getting less good. Everything is getting harder. Shit is starting, is sucking more than more, right? So, yeah, you know, it's, you know, with, without supporting, you know, teaching, you know, education as an important, you know, public service, as in far, and as far as I'm concerned, without supporting it like a national security issue, right? Like, people, you know, mm. like, we need education. Like, it's of the utmost importance, right? You know, that's how the country stays vibrant. You know, that's how it's able to compete in a global world, right? That's how, you know you know, citizens can be, you know, civically engaged, you know, by like knowing what's going on, right? Like in the world, they're knowing how to exist in the world, right? Like how to do math or, you know, how to, you know, cook and feed, uh, fend for yourself or how to, you know, think critically, right? So honestly, you know, the, the fall of education you know, tracks like it makes perfect sense you know, depending on you know, uh, how you look at your your favorite businesses or politicians right you uh making it yeah, yeah. making it less effective is exactly what you know, these 
various entities would probably want to do. You know, we all know that. Oh no, I I'm the last one that's going to be, you know, uh simping for teachers and education because ex- except for Miss Silver who is like, yes. <laughs> but, you know, like I was never a good student. Like I can't now look back like sit here and talk about uh how how important it was for me back then because well you know it wasn't um like as a kid i was terrible probably made uh, a couple of lives miserable there there was that time where i essentially didn't show up for the last two and a half to three months of the semester um 0.68 gpa like all of this stuff <laughs> needs to be disclosed right from from a person who did not take education very seriously uh earlier on uh, and, and probably what was was a bit even anti-teacher you know like you know once you kind of grow up a bit and and mature you're like holy shit they they had it pretty hard and i actually there's a small part of me that that was like okay maybe i should have made class time a little bit easier yeah i i, I can't i can't rock with that like i mean like think about like those those teachers ate all your shit and were like thank you <laughs> like they they kept they kept serving they 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 didn't leave you know they they let you be an asshole and abuse them and you know do you know not take your studies seriously and so on and so forth and they kept serving they kept doing that work to try right. to educate you, right? You had the luxury of abusing yes. your teachers. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they weren't even there in the yes. first place. Yeah, so, yeah, no, that's 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 what I mean. Like, I mean, like it, it's it's hard it's it's hard to uh, to to essentially go oh look at how important uh, education is, right? And then realize that hey, at the same time, you know, like it actually wasn't uh, when when you were when you were going through it. Um, you know, like it's just like every other job, right? Like there are there are some truly, truly great teachers, and then there are also ones that are absolute shit. Um, you know, like if you're a teacher, you know who you are. Um, you know, you know if you're good at your job. <laughs> um, it does feel like that who care and and who go in with like the the best of intentions. Um, those are the ones that are uh, being disillusioned. Um, and and are and are quitting because of just how you know maybe terrible it is. I don't know how much of it is the parents, uh, how much of it is administration not supporting them. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of it is you know because of pay and you know like I always found it weird even as a kid that they had to buy their own supplies. All of the above. Yeah, thank you. You see how you found that weird? You know that the teachers would have to buy their own supplies. Why? Why do they have to buy their own supplies? Right. Right, and do they have to buy their own supplies in every district? You, I, you, I'll tell you the answer. The answer is no. They don't have to buy their own supplies in every district. And I'll leave you to figure out which districts for uh, that is true. Okay, you know, this is this is this is a very 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 personal uh, topic for me, right? You know the the abuse of of teachers and stuff like that. Here's a hot take. I think every teacher is good or is trying to be good right it's like the opposite of of police like cops and stuff like that right where you know it's not like it's not a few bad apples spoiling the bunch right like it's you know it's every cop right you know that are you know even you know, even the ones that are less abusive or something like that if they're not working to end the abuse they're complicit in it right right they're complicit. Right. yeah you know ver- whereas ev- you know every teacher i think is actually because 
you don't like you don't become a teacher to not you know, make an impact on the lives of the people. You, it's it's impossible. Like you can't like it's too it's too you requ- it requires too much to be a teacher. Right. Like it's not like, oh, I'll just do this just to you know get a paycheck or something like that. It's too hard. Like it is too many. It's too easy. There's too many easier jobs that you could do if you just wanted to coast and not give a shit. Right. Right. And the paycheck's right. not even exactly. good to like begin it's, with. It's yeah, so. it's, it's it's too it's too important of a public service for for teaching to not have you know that heart portion of it involved in it. And that's kind of why you know it's so uh easy to exploit teachers. It's easy to you know uh take away you know to defund it, you know, basically like take the money away. You know, and not support it, and it's easy to pray uh, to prey on the guilt. You know, like oh my god, like I don't want to leave my kids. That's why a lot of uh, teachers stay and take the abuse from you know crazy parents. You know, take and on and frankly, you know, sometimes there's some badass kids, right? You yeah, know, mm-hmm. and, for sure. And you know, other things like that. That's why they stick around. It's easy to do that because you know teachers genuinely love you know, being teachers. You. Now that teachers can be armed security in uh, <laughs> in certain locations, I wonder how many of them just go in and be like, "God damn it! I like I wish I wish that kid Mike would give me an excuse today." <laughs> oh no, generalities are hard for me. You know, I've had the teachers who would just show up, you know, th- pass out a couple of rexos and. And, you know, just sit down and that'd be it for the period. You know, I've also had ones that really got engaged with the students. Um, I think, I don't think anyone enters the profession thinking they're going to make big money, right? So I think there is a lot of that initial desire to teach, but perfectly human, just like everything else, the more years you put in, the more jaded you become, the more kids that pass through your doors that maybe are were like myself not to leave myself off the hook it changes you and before you might want to teach and now you just sit there quietly i have a headache or you're screaming at the top of your lungs So for me, I mean, I'm kind of getting back to John's point where, you know, this is like a national security slash public service thing. You know, if you extrapolate out, you know, the the problems that we're facing in education in this country, you know, well, you know, shitty schools are going to produce dumber kids, dumber kids are going <laughs> to, you know, be less prone to, like you said, critical thinking skills. And, you know, that's how we get more misinformation and shit spread and I feel like just society in general really suffers almost immeasurably in every in every way if we don't have good schools, good teachers and, you know, good curriculums. And like, I don't want to live in that world where everyone's a fucking dumbass. And we are currently living in that world. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to fix it. You know, uh, you know. Really, you know, the fact that we don't know how to fix it is why we're all here kind of crying out into the void, right? We don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, we don't know what to do, right? Like they, you know, there's no, there's no incentive to, to 
fix the problem, right? And the ways that we would fix the problem, which is typically, you know, like, let's spend more money, let's do this, that, and the third, right? Like, that money is probably, you know, that money is for sure going to be spent, quote, inefficiently, unquote, right? And, you know, people will complain about those inefficiencies without any, you know, appreciation for the context for why uh, these things are inefficient, right? The general reason for why these things are inefficient is because every single person has their own agenda, right? You know, we're, you know, this country is, you know, and this world really is, you know, individual people all trying to look out for themselves. Like, it's very difficult to, to put yourself aside to benefit other people, right? So, like, when going back to why are, you know, some school districts don't have teachers that have to buy their own stuff, and, you know, others do, right? It's because people don't want to uh, sacrifice for other people, especially not other people that might have similar similarities to them, right? So that's, you know, how do we, how do we solve for, you know, all that, all those individuals' agendas, uh, individual agendas? How do we herd cats, essentially, right? You know, economically or socioculturally. You know, I, we don't have an answer for that, so... You know, shit's going to keep going downhill. Well, it looks like one school might have found a way to, to, to grab the students' attention and keep them in class, uh, which brings us to a couple articles, one of which from the New York Times, I think, Mike, you had linked us, uh, about a, a rather unorthodox approach to getting dropouts back in class. Mike, would you care to regale our listeners with what you found? Nope. <laughs> no? That wasn't me. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, that was John's. Yeah. Okay. I'll just do this. Okay. No. John, John, you sent us the article. Would you care to <laughs> regale our listeners of what you found? <laughs> that was a good segue. I like that. Yeah. So uh, this was about you know. You know, in Japan, you know, uh, they figured out a way to create a, you know, their first esports high school, right? And to me, that's like the most Japanese thing ever, right? If you ever watched like an anime or like, you know, a TV show or something like that from Japan, you know, they'll they'll have something where they invent like a school that's based on some disparate principle, right? Like a a, a cooking high school or a basketball high school or like a high school dedicated to ice skating or some shit like that. So esports high school tracks like completely. They'll they'll really and, have any high school just to not teach oh, about their war crimes. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> Maybe they should have a war crimes high school, right? That would be how you do it. You know, would you wa- would you watch that anime? I I, I would. I, I I would love to see how how war crimes are, are brought up in while you are cooking a souffle in your uh, in your cooking high school. Or your Watashiwa <laughs> Nanking Chen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this Japan created this esports high school, and the point of it was, you know, that they were trying to turn out, you know, pro esports gamers, like people that are gonna fucking dominate at like Counter Strike Go or like Fortnite or you know Valorant or like whatever the you know whatever the hottest games are, right? But you know. And like this was this was made to kind of serve people in the pandemic, right? You know, people, you know, obviously, you know, uh, as things closed down and stuff like that, people started to get, you know, very jaded with, you know, what school could provide, just like we were talking about in the last topic, right? You know, 
school sucks, so why am I going here, right? You know, so people left, right? Lots of chronic absenteeism. And so, you know, this school uh, that was designed to turn out a lot of, you know, people who are playing professional uh, games professionally actually started attracting people who were previously uh, dropouts and absentees, you know, because uh, the way that uh, the school does its lessons, the way that it kind of serves students is unique and different, right? In this case, for example, there is a there's less pressure to conform or fit in, you know, unlike, you know, other schools like in Japan or elsewhere. Right. There isn't necessarily, you know, you know, hardcore school uniforms or, you know, like you have to keep your hair, or your clothes in a certain way. Right. You know, uh, also, you know, this school kind of lets you encourage your way to create your own course of study. Right. So instead of having to, you know, you got to take like these, you know, five AP classes and like you have to do your math and your reading and what have you, right? You know, in there you can create your own way to, you know, socialize with other kids, you know, and you know, you can study what you want to study and also practice your games. Right. And you know, it's you know, the way that they designed it, you know, it's very different, right? So uh it's it look the school looks the campus looks like a, a motherboard, you know, if like green neon tubes and like RGB lights and shit. Like it looks like you're like your crazy uh, overclocking computer, but it's you know, a place that you would go in. Right. You know, imagine like you go to school on, on Wednesday or something like that. And you know, you take your biology and your English, but then also study like the, the science of street fighter characters. Like it's crazy, you know? Uh, so what do you, what do you, what did you guys think about this particular article? I love this. I actually think it's a great, I think I wish more schools did more of this, you know, where they kind of, you know, almost like, you know, like a college environment where you could pick, you know, what kind of area you want to study. And I've always found that, like, if you can just get like a, a student engaged in something, then that is going to bleed into other areas of education, you know, where like you just you want to get better. So, but like so like, you know. Even in the case of like a video game, like there's going to be math involved, like how much time can I shave off this move or how can I, you know, they do that whole effort of min maxing, which is like, you know, fucking algebra when you think about it. So I love the fact that this is getting, you know, kids engaged and it's getting them to at least have some kind of structure where at least they're like not out on the street, like fucking buying drugs or some bullshit or, you know, hanging out with really bad people or at least they're in a school. They're doing what they like and they're learning something. So I love this and I wish there was more of this. Hmm. I mean, without, without knowing more about the curriculum, it's really hard to say if it's good or not, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I guess the first step of school is getting kids to show up. By that metric, uh, it seems to be doing better. But at the same time, you know, like, uh, I mean, I like the idea of framing concepts around things that are interesting to to the kids without knowing the curriculum right it's like what is class counter-strike going to be about um you know like like what is no like like what is the educational value right because that's what you're here for you're not there uh to essentially form a land party with your class i mean are they going to teach you about the business side of like the economics of, of Counter-Strike, like use that as an example. You know, are they going to, as Peter suggested, are they going to frame algebra 
or in some cases calculus in in the in the way of like the economic model of of like an MMO or, or, or something like just as a basis as some background, but you know, you can't replace, you can't replace evolution with street fighter and expect to have a kid that graduates knowing anything of actual value you can tell me how many frames Hadouken is, but like you, you think that, um, you know, monkeys spontaneously arrived and, and everything like i don't know i don't know see, like it, it just depends on the curriculum see, like, like what do you want i see like an entire you could do an entire history lesson like for example when i was on counter-strike and somebody said you can't name yourself osama bin peter and i was like why not <laughs> you know now that you've opened up an avenue for a history lesson of, of why why is that wrong who is osama bin laden what did he do and you know there you go. The education right. for just seems to flow in. Osama bin Peter. In five minute increments while you defuse the bomb. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm I kind of lean towards uh Mike's take on this, right? You know, I agree with the idea that it's like it's great to be trying like other ways to to make school school, right? You know, just like we were saying, right? Uh if it's you know there's there's all kinds of questions about how you know whether school is still good or useful to people and like teachers are getting discouraged and stuff like that so if there's a way to get them in the door you know that's better than nothing right that's a good start right and having other ways other frameworks in which to try to educate uh kids you know you know as generations change or as the tools that we have to educate with change you know that's good right but the the curriculum being bullshit, right? Like that would be a problem, right? You, I'm I'm getting that. You know, tighten up the levels on, uh, tighten up the graphics on level three energy. Like remember, like those <laughs> shitty ass commercials from like G4 or Spike TV or whatever the fuck, uh, for like those bootleg ass schools that would actually not educate you, but put you in debt. Mm-hmm. And you know they would teach nothing at all, but be like, look, video games, right? The the on, the only way that this is not like that is if the curriculum is rigorous like if you can actually learn something in addition to like video games or you know, so i i hope that you know this thing you know that they've built in japan you know will be will continue to be iterated on and you know not be a scam right you know right? is it more stuyvesant or is it more phoenix university you know yeah. like is it more trump you like <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope it's legit. Like, I want it to be legit because I love the idea of there being another way to to do school, like in, in a world where school is getting pilloried. Yeah. Right? yeah. In a world where it's hard to educate people. You know, because like as a kid, one of the reasons why, like why I was such a bad student was because school is so fucking boring. You know, you sit there for three hours doing those rexos and, and it's just, you get wow. bored out of your fucking mind. So all you can do is, you know, just to start a spitball fight or throw an orange. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, if everyone's playing Street Fighter at a John level and I'm at a my level, like, I'm going to be bored too with, with Street Fighter. Wow. Like, you're, you're here learning directional. <laughs> <laughs> you're here Holy learning fuck, directional inputs and I'm no, and I'm just waiting. Like, oh my god. <laughs> that that was inspired, Mike. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I you know. I I 
I took a trip to get to that point, and it was great. <laughs> no, I mean, I I understand that, right? Like, you know, I've you know, I wasn't you know, I loved school. I was you know, I wasn't bored by school at all. But I just loved Marvel versus Capcom more, so I just cut class <laughs> to go play games, right? So yeah, like you know, keep keeping students interested is paramount. Right. And if you can do that with alternate topics and alternate styles, like, yeah, that's the way that's the way to go. They should try that. You know, I hope that, you know, maybe we can do that here. The only the only problem I have in America is that we'll probably try to we'll probably figure out the most effective way to make it a scam. <laughs> like you, there, there won't be any good faith involved in it here. Like for sure. <laughs> Bringing microtransactions into schools. Wow, buy your diploma via DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I failed League of Legends High School. I didn't buy I didn't buy the graduation skin. That's good. You know what's crazy? They actually I mean they've been making us buy the graduation skin since we were kids. <laughs> actually, yeah. Fucking. Well, it seems that you could go to some of the most prestigious schools in the world and still not know a fucking thing, which I think brings us to the article, Mike, that you did link this week about the Supreme Court not really understanding what to do in the case of uh, a pending um, pending legal battle about what is a Section 230 and how the Internet can be applied to uh, uh, certain uh, social media's legal protections. Yeah. So this week, the Supreme Court had oral arguments in the case of Gonzalez v. Google. The case basically revolves around Section 230 of the Communications Indecency Act. It's something that we've talked a lot about. So now that it's actually going through the court system, I was kind of curious as to what you guys thought about it. The internet requires content, and in a lot of cases, it's user-generated content. The issue has always been if a user were to generate content and then use, uh, say, a Google or a Yahoo or, you know, uh, whatever to host that content or disseminate that content, is Yahoo or Google or liable for, you know, uh, any illegal acts that are going on? Because if you were the person suing, you would much rather sue a giant company than you would a no-name who is probably judgment-proof. In order to help these companies grow. Back in the 90s, uh, Congress passed the Communications Indecency Act, which basically said that these companies are not, cannot be held liable for the information or content that they store and they disseminate, pretty much, right? Like they didn't make the content, so they don't have to be responsible for it. It's the whole publishers versus distributor thing. If you were a publisher, uh, of the content historically, you know what you are publishing. Right. If you are a distributor of the content, um, like a bookstore, for example, you can't expect Barnes and Noble or whoever's running it to read every single book before they sell it and approve of it. Right. So there's that's the that's the distinction, you know. Um, so what role? Where do these tech companies, these social media companies, fall in? And you know, it was carved out in uh, section 230 even though they may have similarities to distribution uh, or publishers it doesn't matter because congress has said that 
in order for these companies to work. They just have to be immune uh, from liability. Well, this goes back to now, a few years ago, there was a terrorist attack in France. And it was revealed that a lot of the, some, at least some of the people uh, were, who participated in that terrorist attack were inspired or motivated in part by YouTube algorithm recommendations of, you know, of ISIS promo videos, essentially. Um, and now the parents are suing uh, because they believe that, you know, Google participated in some way. Um, and, you know, Section 230 is what it is. Um, it's written into law, but this one is a little bit different because they're saying that the act of the algorithm itself recommending uh, ISIS videos to you. So if you were to stumble upon an ISIS video randomly or whatever, or you looked it up, um, the fact that this algorithm continues to push more and more ISIS indoctrination videos or terrorist videos to your face, right, <laughs> is kind of like <laughs> a very active step, right? It goes beyond like, you know, like, hey, I'm just hosting content. It's not my problem. Like your algorithm is literally telling me more about ISIS, right? It's it's trying to indoctrinate me. Um, so that's that argument uh, specifically. Justice Kagan said that they aren't experts and it seems like the entire court is very nervous um, about this, uh, uh, which way to go. Uh, even some of the, what we would call some of the crazier ones, everyone's on board that this is a, uh, this is one of those things I, I don't want to touch with your penis kind of things, <laughs> right? And I don't, I don't blame them because if it falls one way, right? Like if the algorithms that, if the algorithm can be held liable, the person running the algorithm, that essentially changes how YouTube works, Google, like everything, the entire internet. It's not the first time because, you know, there was a little thing about uh, in Section 230 about uh, child pornography and, and sex trafficking and all that stuff. They said that if you have this stuff on your website, you can be held liable. And, you know, you saw what happened a few few years ago where Reddit shut down a lot of their adult sites. Tumblr went away with their adult sites. Craigslist took down the uh, their adult section. No one wants to deal with the liabilities. So in a very small scale, you can kind of see how companies would react if a general um, if a general ban or 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 a liability standard was 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 held out. So yeah, you know, I just curious to you know what you guys think. Uh, not necessarily the the legal things because we don't know. They just had the oral arguments last week. It'll it, it'll be a couple of months before we find out which you know, which direction the Supreme Court uh, goes to. But, you know, just, you know, maybe what do you guys hope happen? What is the, uh, w what should uh, the Supreme Court do? I, I don't know, right? The, the way I see it, like, these things are pretty straightforward, right? Like, you either, like, you got three choices, right? You either moderate the content, right? You moderate the people that are producing content, or the government is going to moderate for you via this litigation, right? Those are the three options, right? You know, I don't necessarily want these companies to have to be like purely liable for user generated content because the Internet works based on you new know, people, you know, people making shit. Right. Like people make websites or people post you know, comments or, you know, people post, uh, you know, 
videos or image macros or you know whatever the fuck right articles you know you know mediums or substacks like all kinds of shit on the, online right you know so you know that that's why we go on the internet like we don't go on the internet because you know like the law, laws or governments or what have you we go on the internet to connect with each other and say things and do stuff right but these companies can't just be hands off you know just because they're only interested in gain continuing to gain profits user data and clout without repercussion mm-hmm. right you know these algorithms are designed explicitly to rank more highly or sure show more people the things that gain the most engagement which you know, end up being a lot of these uh you know some in many cases a lot of these more crazy things you know, shootings or beheadings or ISIS content or you know uh you know extremist content you know Nazi shit like you know white supremacist shit you know like it's you know flat earth conspiracy shits and like things like that right you know so algorithmically they're acting pretty close to a publisher because that's what a publisher does right they mm-hmm. pick you know what you know they publish in you know the newspaper right and not everything in the newspaper gets to be opinion articles right so and also not everything on the internet gets to operate that way too so you know the these companies kind of want to sit and not have to choose they just want to get stuff mm-hmm. right i think that it would be in their company's best interest and i honestly feel like at this point that ship has sailed because they let it get to this point right you know it would have been in their best interest to have been like oh we better moderate shit right like we better you know we better control for for people getting out of pocket and trying to to game the algorithm you know game algorithms and stuff like that like they should have they should have done that uh with regards to what i think uh the court should do um man like th- this is this is too big this is too big for my britches honestly um <laughs> You know, because it will, it will, it will functionally destroy the internet if uh, the publishers are required. I mean, well, yeah, that's uh, right. If it's the website, exactly right. <laughs> if the websites are required to be responsible for what the users post, right? So I would, you know, I would hope that there's some sort of way that you know they, you know, they don't uh, get rid of Section Two Thirty. You know, but also these companies decide, yeah, we're going to invest like shitloads of money on on actual moderation and not algorithmic moderation, but like actual humans, you know, that could be held to, you know, accountable for how they do that job. Like not like you are weirdo libertarian hands off, you know, like I don't have to take a side type things. Mm hmm. But like, like actual, like good faith, like, you know, you need to, you, you need to be held accountable for being like, yeah, ISIS, like as a moderator, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what I, that's what I hope happens. You that that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. I feel like there's gotta be at least some line that you draw where if like content is encouraging like violence or extreme behavior or you know any kind of you know like any any like extreme racism extreme violence extreme like any hatred or stuff like that there's got to be some guardrail for for that kind of stuff just being just disseminated willy-nilly on the internet like i should not be able to click a join isis button and 
And <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe. You know, I mean, you know, like it shouldn't. Like I'm okay with. Like I'm. I support free speech. Like whatever. Like you want to go out there and say some crazy shit. Like that's fine. But it, it it needs to be ranked as crazy shit. And if it's inciting violence, I think it should be taken down. You know, I I do think it's a bit out of the bag now. Like originally, right? The reason why the CDA was put in place was because. Back then, the companies could be held liable, but at the same time, uh, they have there's a there's a there's a component where you have to have a knowledge that there's shit that is bad on your site. So the way to combat it was okay. I'm just not going to look, right? Um, it's kind of like when uh, we were in the middle of COVID, and they were like, "How about we just stop testing?" <laughs> Right, like that. That was that was literally what they were doing back then. It was like, hey, you know, because now I can't be sued. We we knew that was a problem, so we gave them this carve out in terms of liability. Says like, okay, you know, you're not going to be held liable, but now you have the ability to moderate, right? Because now you can know, but you know, you can mess up, you can miss a few things, but you know, and and not be sued into oblivion, you know, and that helped them grow. But at some point, like, is the internet grown up now? You know, like. In its infancy, you're allowed certain leeway, right? If you're a three-year-old, you might be able to take a piss in the street. <laughs> it's not going to look good, right? But, you know, you can get away with it. You know, if you're 25 and you're walking around with your dick out, you might have some other problems, right? Like, because you're growing into maturity. So, you know, back when, you know, Google was a small company, Yahoo, before that, like, these are billion dollar companies in some cases, you know, getting close to a trillion trillion dollar companies. Do they need all these? Do they need to be handled with kids gloves anymore? Right. Like other businesses deal with it. Um, liability. And it's, you know, the cost of doing business. I don't know. I don't know. Like it will, of course, fundamentally change everything we know about it, uh, about the Internet and the Internet experience. Part of me is scared by that. But the other part is like, I want to see what happens. <laughs> My personal uh, thing is that the Supreme Court isn't going to touch it. I feel like this is something that requires a finer, uh, a finer knife than mm -hmm. what the court system can uh, can provide. This is a legislative thing. Um, you know, they made a carve out for sex trafficking and, and porn and you know and all that stuff. Maybe they need to make a carve out for terrorism you know like right. <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know like hey if you're going to protect the kids from uh sex maybe you want to protect them from isis i don't like <laughs> you know, just just a suggestion right you know you know it's funny right like and I don't know if y'all ever, you know you post on you know, on your know, reddit forums or like any web forums or like you know, discords and stuff like that, right? Like, in whenever you go to those places, right, you always have, like, those people that would get banned and stuff like that, and then they would kind of be, like, trying to rules lawyer, like, how their thing should work. They'd be like, oh, like, like you need to have this, this very specific uh, rule, like, spelled out explicitly, mm -hmm. so that, you know, if you didn't do exactly that thing, then it should be legal, and then, like, you, you know, you could get people, you know, all out of sorts and then you have uh you know, crazy posting on that subreddit or something like that right 
this feels like that to me, right? Mm. This feels like people looking to you know create the very specific rules lawyering type thing, so you can say, well, I you know like this person didn't post like exactly like you know a video of a knife entering a baby's skull so like it's not it's not offensive right it's not it doesn't need to be rules it doesn't need to be banned right you're you're treading on my freedom right it's that's, the air that's the, rule right ex- yes like that's the reason why i really think that it w- it's it's up to these plat these platforms really need to do their best to be like you know what we're just you know we'll take the heat you know, if if you know, we're gonna moderate shit, and like if you don't like it and you think it's like wrong to to not post you know, school shootings or or something like that, then just don't post here, right? Like don't just don't be on this social network, right? You know, I think they need to do that. It's better because yeah, like you maybe you won't make like you know, crazy, uh, you. Know, white nationalist money or something like that like maybe you won't make conspiracist money but the the rest of the world is probably going to be okay you know with that yeah like, but as as jordan once said uh even republicans <laughs> buy sneakers all right that is like, money on the table that you are turning down and leaving it's like yeah but like also like no like you you gotta sometimes you if again if you don't take a side on some things at some point you're going to get a side taking for you. That's why this is in court. It didn't have to be. You could have just you could have just done it for yourself in good faith. Yeah, that's the problem. Like I I really do feel like like people and and by extension companies, right? Like are are really bad at moderation. Um like you can either have Mad Max, right, in at the Thunderdome or Disney World. Like in between is just don't regulate my good time. <laughs> <laughs> Habitual line stepping. It's it's always better when you solve the problem yourself, right? Like you you never want mom to count to three, right? <laughs> like, and, and this is what's happening, right? Like they, they they've been like two two and a half mm, two point seven. <laughs> Come on, I'm giving you a chance here. But uh, you know now we're like shit. She she really couldn't go to three. I I've never seen this happen before. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays out. I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's an easy answer, but you know, there's got to be. I feel like there's got to be some just common sense applied. If it's, again, if if it's fucking, if it's truly hateful, if it's just you're screaming, you know, expletives about you know black people and Jewish people and spre- spreading hatred and encouraging people to take up arms and kill other people or blow shit up or teaching you how to make a fucking bomb on YouTube, probably yeah they. You probably should have some kind of at least some some rails, you know, just some common sense rails. Like you know, nobody's saying you know can't say anything or you can't even say a like a bad word or something. But like once you start being like, here's how you get your AK, here's how you build your bomb, here's how you kill this demographic of people or whatever, then yeah, you've gone too far. You know what I really liked about the YouTube policy? Um, like something came down uh, a while ago where videos were being demonetized if like the word fuck was in it, right? Like just just Ooh. words. So at the same time, they're capable of moderation, obviously, huh. um, where, where they'll censor if your video has bad words or curse words. But at the same time, they're promoting ISIS's YouTube channel. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that is kind of amazing. Like, like that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You can't write that. Oh, that's incredible. All right, but it looks like I, I think we're gonna have to leave it there for this week, guys. Looks like that's all the time we have for our Red Channel Condition this week. But you know the deal. Check out our YouTube channel. Send us an email, redchannelcondition at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening, guys. Peace out. Have a good one.